after an eight-month break. It is with great pleasure that I get to say these words again. This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast, and my name is Point Blank Ebola. I know it was very unceremonious how I suddenly just went quiet on you guys, especially after having that angst and curiosity to get myself on the level of finishing the journey we had began towards the 200 mark but even to get to episode 198 right now it's been some things just had to be addressed and had to be taken care of for most of you who continue to listen to uh, the previous episode the fact that it's currently past 70 listens i'm very very grateful for that the whole period since the last time we spoke was the entire period in between was just more than i could actually take in regards to the overwhelming workload and aside from the overwhelming workload the want to keep up with security protocols as far as curfews covid getting deep into debt and getting out of debt thank god and even after taking care of those two particular nightmare scenarios now to return to or to get to a point where i'm drawing closer and closer to completing uh, a mission that I began around the same time I began this podcast, which is I've been working on a book called Shadow Walkers, which is a comic book written by Mutende Writes. And yes, Mutende came up with the book as a novel initially, and now it's been turned into uh, a series of comic books. And the sequel, I wanted to push the envelope creatively because also my creative journey at the time had taken a turn for the more intense in regards to wanting to be matched to very many other masters especially in europe i think that curiosity to be the greatest was inspired in a major way by the works that have been seen by especially franco-belgian artists and i think i've mentioned them once or twice here and i wanted to have a stellar piece of work that would actually match up and sit side by side with these great men and women who've created for so many years and even during COVID. It's like, I believe I mentioned once or twice here before my hiatus that the COVID period came with a lot of inspiration and I got to make so many stellar pieces of ideas last longer than others because you get flashes of ideas often, but they rarely, if ever, get to the point where they stick with you and they permeate even deeper into that which you're trying to attain. So to get to a level where I can safely say, I have more ideas I want to explore and even creatively I have more works that I get to execute in regards to the technique I use. My pen has gotten way better than even I expected it to and the more that happens the more gracious and more grateful I am for the journey that I've taken so far and I'm grateful to you guys because even in my quiet storm while I was going through a lot, you guys continue to show your grace and kindness and love by still listening to all 200 plus episodes. And I know to most people sometimes the new thing is what's it and what's the in thing. And I find that sometimes to be a reason for me to pull back, weirdly enough. And it's probably going to be part of a lot of the episodes I'm going to make from my return. And even me, the, me doing this one is sporadic because I've been experiencing quite a tough time in recent past. Um, some months back, I lost uh, 
one of the guys who's like the architect of the comic book scene in Kenya. And this guy's name is Baraza. And Baraza was one of those guys you meet when you're much younger and he sticks by you the entire period you're journeying yourself. And he tries as much as possible to make a platform be available and accessible so that you could make that next transition into marketing the product that you create. And he was really excited to see Shadow Walkers. And unfortunately, upon his passing, his sad passing, we'll never get to see it. But I believe his his curated audience will value that which is coming thereafter. So I'll take this moment on this podcast to say, rest in power, my friend. And I wish you all the peace in the world because you're, you're well deserving of that. Another person I lost was the patriarch who is the source of the art talent in my family. That's my grandfather, my mom's dad. And no, we were not close, but the few occasions I got to talk to him, he was the most welcoming, calming, most suave individual. They used to call him engineer because he was self-taught on how to craft boots that you normally see on Lake Victoria from the island all the way to the mainland from Bitter Point all the way to Mfangano Island and back. So some of the boats that were on those docks were his boats. Sadly, I lost him too. But in this last three weeks, it's been even worse because I lost my best friend. And losing entrepreneur, MC, Stella, Mind, Big Mike was and still is the hardest part of having to come reconcile that which happens. Because in many ways, I think I've tried as much as possible to try wrap my head around why certain losses happen. And I, I also try not to make myself become the center of, or the centerpiece of feeling like I'm being narcissistic. By that, I mean this. Sometimes when we experience tremendous loss, we think everything's happening to us. And we start feeling like everybody around us doesn't understand us when to the best of their ability, they're trying to help us come to terms with our current circumstances. We'd never wish to have someone we care for go through pain. And I'm still trying to find a way to be uh, of value in this trying time for not only his in-laws, his wife, who was also a friend of mine for the 10 years they were together, but also to his sister-in-law, who was the one who had unfortunately had the job of telling me that he wasn't doing okay and to go check things out and to be there with her and not to reveal too much because I want to respect the privacy of the families, but I miss my friend. I miss the fact that he was the guy who kept me going when I lost my baby brother because my baby brother was the first guy who was really into the work I create. And he always told me that I wasn't fast enough and I keep on pushing myself to be faster. But sometimes I care more about the quality of the work I create than the speed at which I create it. And when my brother wasn't there, Mike stepped in as both big brother figure and fellow creative uh, genius type mentor. Like he, his mind always marvels me because even as a freestyle rapper, I tried to come as close as I can to him. And we'd always go toe to toe, even in privacy of our own conversations as friends, because we saw value in 
iron sharpening iron. And now my, my federal swordsman is no longer here. But the weird thing about even in his passing is I'm grateful for the fact that he met the woman I love. And the two times we were together, the woman I love was also present. and He was very welcoming and very warm to her. I had not been in a relationship for a very long time. And when I had a bad relationship and was trying to make my way back to my senses, Mike was the guy who was there. He saved my life. Like you walk away from a relationship and you literally walk a crazy distance and you walk to your best friend's place. And luckily he worked late that night. So he was home and he got to be the guy who opens the door for you. You tell him what you just did. And he gives you his couch to recuperate because he could tell I was sleep deprived. I was malnourished. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't taking good care of myself. He helped me nurse myself back. He helped me find and navigate creating my own company, which was something I was very shy about and very scared of. He helped me do all these things. And on top of that, he still had the time to, yes, we disagree on certain things, but we never disagreed to the extent where we don't talk to each other. It's the one thing I truly valued about Mike. He never carried airs. Like we, we, we were so used to seeing guys around us being posers in the sense of they try so much to look like what they can't afford or can't be because there's this interestingly, I think it's just idiotic, but there's this thing that I've always found annoying about the world of marketing, the world of um, entrepreneurship and the world of success. And I put that in air quotes in that guys will tell you how many material things they have and on further inspection, without even you inspecting, because facades can only last for so long, you find that they're extending themselves too much in order to access so little. Like I remember hearing a story of how on certain occasions I may have missed out on an opportunity of hosting an event simply because I took a cab there or I walked there or I took a, a, a bike ride, a Buddha Buddha ride for my native Kenyans, or I took a Buddha Buddha ride to get to the meeting. And the guy who they gave the gig to drove to the meeting. So he clearly must be more successful than I am, which always felt redundant. But you know what? To each their own. I can also be very, very wrong in that perspective because we all seem to think that sometimes the world could be doing us wrong or going against us or stabbing us in the back, which is not the case. He is the one guy who would actually tell me, like, yo, don't play the game. Do you? fulfill your obligations, stellar work will always have an audience. Stellar work will always have the perfect avenue for it to, to show itself to the world. And in the recent past, which is so weird, up, upon the passing of my good friend Baraza, I started watching a certain content creator on YouTube who I was, I, I used to watch his stuff a lot before, but even he took a hiatus at some point. And his name is Kane Carter, or you know him as Hot Damn I Rock. If you go to YouTube and type Hot Damn I Rock as one word, you'll probably find his content. There's a sharp contrast between the content he used to make prior to his return and the content he makes thereafter. Because he started facing the difficulties of, from my observation, and Kane Carter, please don't take offense to anything I say. I'm trying to just draw an allegory to what I saw from you. And what I continue to see from you. 
I saw him move from being this clean-cut individual who made almost like parody relationship type content on YouTube and sometimes even lifestyle content and then short films he used to create also. It was very he, he was quibby before quibby and I really enjoyed that about him. And at one point he lost his pet and he lost his best friend. And in processing the grief, at the same time going through a form of like trolling that was happening on his content, guys who claimed they're going to support his content in one way and then it started affecting his lifestyle. And then he had health problems because he had something to do that was messing with his indigestion, messing with his, with his digestion, giving him indigestion, going through all these different steps. And then he disappeared. When he came back, he was very physically changed, longer hair, dreadlocks, more physically fit, if you will, more tattoos, so like there's a pain endurance period in between. And when I saw how he moved from that to the next, and I saw the kind of material he made at first, it was dark because the pain was, I think it was oozing out in a way even he didn't understand at the time. And this is just from outside looking in. And right around the time Baraza passed away, Kane Carter's content became a little bit more of what he used to be, but more, more intentional, if you will. It's the same stuff he used to do, but now the intensity of that which he wanted to say, it oozed and it actually sparked more. And I loved that about him. And I really respected that about him because that kind of a creative journey is, is a different thing altogether. And I count myself one of the few people who saw the pain he was going through and never wished it upon anybody, especially myself, but I experienced it myself. I am yet to cry for Baraza. I'm yet to cry for Mike. I haven't cried for these two amazing people and I love them dearly. And it doesn't make me feel like I'm not mourning them properly, but we are all built different. The first way I could mourn or the first way I could cry was to illustrate them. So the two different occasions I made illustrations and put on my Instagram account and Facebook accounts was mourning two very, very dear people to me. And I miss them. I miss them tremendously. I even chose to dust the microphone off and record something because I felt it was important for me to mark this moment. This is the, the, the day I'm recording this is the Monday after coming back from a road trip where on Saturday I watched my friend's body in his coffin go into the ground and I watched his wife cry and I watched his, his niece cry and I watched his family cry and I was jealous of them because they were able to cry early. I'm yet to reach that level, but maybe maybe the only way I could do it is taking it step by step because I do know at one point I had an event to host and I did a little bit too much after the fact. After I'd left a successful workspace, I did a little bit too much and I was very, very careless. And it almost cost me more than just my health. And I worry the woman I love and I'd never want to put her in that position again for the destructive nature of mourning. I've never really wrapped my head around it, but I know the best way to address things is to actually address them. And I'm grateful to my beloved for 
listening to me whenever it's time to listen to me. And she can tell, this is how crazy it is. We've only been together in as a relationship in a matter of months. We started talking to each other in, in the month of November last year. So in it's almost a year of knowing each other. And the fact that she's so communicative and makes it clear where she stands and how she feels at a certain time. You, you can't buy that kind of uh, respect and love where somebody can tell you exactly where things went wrong, where you're wrong, and is willing to also say where well, she's wrong. It's, it's also hilarious to me in, in the sense of earlier this year I was going through different global horoscopes. A friend of mine was proce processing her journey as far as trying to understand the creative aura that she has. And at the same time, I was going through the same as far as just being curious about all these different elements and how they could better inform my creative journey. Because I think I was curious about the, the, the book, American Gods. I wasn't happy with how it ended and I wanted to check out the book itself, which I did. And I went through a lot of phases where I was wrapping my head around all of it and everything that comes with it. And I was going through the horoscopes and I found out that as far as the Chinese uh, horoscope goes, mine is the year of the ox, 1985. And one of the things it's mentioned about 1985, as far as, uh, sorry, not even just the year of my birth, but the year of the ox is I may find love this year. And without even really looking back to the horoscope, I actually noticed this this week because it was the first time where, last week was the first time where I was out of town with a woman I love. We had never like gone on trips on holidays. We had always planned for stuff and hoped for them to happen, but I was in dire straits financially and I couldn't, I wasn't able to fiscally make it possible. Thank God for my friends and my family, uh, the Boom Bap Click, my family, my immediate family, and my very, very close friends for chipping in when I didn't have enough to travel for my friend's funeral. And I was able to go with my girlfriend because she wanted to be supportive. She knew, she knew I needed an anchor to give me the strength to deal with everything I was dealing with. And in that weekend space we spent together, I got to greater appreciate the fact that Mike knew I had found somebody who genuinely was there for me. So he left me with the gift of love. As I returned to my creative journey, one of the things that kind of also kept me away these last eight months from doing a podcast episode was the fact that I didn't like the fact that when content is being made so exponentially by countless people and you want to monetize as quickly as possible, I had a, a, a lot of frustration in the fact that I had 45,000 listens worldwide, but it doesn't really translate into anything. Add that to how I don't know exactly how the monetization game is played in regards to content because podcasters you make content and you generate content from zero and there's no real production houses involved outside of thank you anchor by spotify for making this possible for me to do this but to finally get to a place where you could actually have revenue streams from uh stream from like maybe mastercard or maybe different apps that will financially work hand in hand with anchor 
I'm in Africa, so I don't have an, an American work permit. So I probably need to get an American work permit so I can pay my American taxes in order to make this podcast happen. So that's a whole other kind of worms I'm yet to jump into. But I felt it was important for me to make this episode for two reasons. To have you guys know that I've been okay and that I do intend to return. A lot of what I was working on, I've been able to achieve and I'm even drawing closer to finishing yet more ideas and making them come to life. Number two, I want you to know some of the reasons that this next phase of my creativity is going to have on this podcast. I've always made this podcast to be listened to and to be appreciated by anybody whose mind farts sometimes become the stellar idea that they make into wealth and gold. I create it for any person who normally has their head hunched over a desk, writing, drawing, or putting something they're truly passionate about together, and they can multitask and hear my voice as they go. I'm also grateful for the fact that because I do this, one of the episodes made it possible for the lady I love to give me a second chance in order to be in the happy state that I'm in right now. From that conversation and from all these tumultuous feelings that I'm still going through and I'm still reeling through them, to feel like I've lost the speed and potential that I could have had working hand in hand with my best friend, to now get to a level where I must finish what we started. I must work even harder to get everything we wanted done. I owe it to him, I owe it to Baraza, I owe it to my mentor, Alan Moniki, I owe it to my baby brother, Steve, to make everything that I want to make come to pass. I will also, on a future episode, touch on something that I learned about myself because I've also been taking a creative journey doing these creative coaching classes with an amazing mind and I hope he doesn't mind me actually mentioning this because I think he's going to be a very, of great value to many other creators as he's being a great value to me. Ross Van Horn, who's helping me. He's a friend and he's also helping me find my creative essence as far as channeling it in the right direction. I've always had creativity, but I've never had structure. Thanks to these great people, I'm finding structure. Thanks to those I've lost, I found successes and now have to continue with the successes gained to make even more successes in their absence, but value every lesson I got from them. And to you, my friend, thank you for listening to this. And even though I still have very many different angles of how I look at successes and how I quantify successes, I still consider myself a person with a warrior mentality that still has to attack. On this day, I can safely say, I don't have much to change in this phrase I came up with when I made this podcast, so it still holds strong. So, for the first time in over eight months, be Caesar, or be nothing at all. Thank you for taking the time to always support me, and hopefully in this new wave, we'll make even more listenership and maybe even double that which we started. Bless your hearts, bless your souls, bless all you care for, bless your kin. Until next time. Oh no.